Hello, this is Forty Guard Live. Uh, once again, I'm I'm Derek Mankey, of course, and I'm joined by, with Amar Lakani. Hey, Derek, glad to be back with you. Yeah, it's been so many great conversations we've had throughout throughout uh, 2020 and moving in, you know into 2021. I wanted to talk uh, today about you know um, basically a summary of the attack surface. There's a lot of stuff that happened in 2020. Make some comparisons from the years before, uh, and then look at uh, where we where where we're. Um, heading towards for 2021. I think it's surely going to be uh, an active year for sure, you know. Uh, so let's just flash back. I mean, obviously COVID right, uh, was, was dominant um, at the start of 2020 in terms of the threat landscape. You know, we talked about uh, the initial surge of phishing lures that we saw. There's over 600 given campaigns, not, uh, not you know, uh, individual detections, but campaigns, each campaign having different targets, different social engineering lures, different languages, verticals, all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, I, I don't think we were really too surprised when that happened because, again, we always say about attackers hopping on the latest uh, vulnerable target, and, and that was an attack of opportunity, which certainly played out through the first half of 2020, right? Yeah, absolutely. Attackers have always taken advantage of whatever new cycle is out there, whatever they can do to take advantage of people's emotion or uh, whatever's going on in the world. And they did that with COVID. Uh, it wasn't surprising at all that we saw a shift in whatever attackers were doing in 2019 or even in January of 2020. They decided to shift and decided to focus all their efforts around mm -hmm. COVID-related themes and their attacks, whether it was phishing or whether it was drive-by downloads or ransomware, whatever was the case, it's just started exploding around the COVID whole information and situation. Yeah, so that was, uh, it was good in a sense that we didn't have this element of surprise after, of course, we learned about uh, COVID and what was happening. And I, I, you know, I think there was a lot of good wins we talked about in the industry. Generally, we saw that in the second half of 2020, uh, a decline uh, in activity from the, the that initial surge of COVID campaigns. Of course, well, one, uh, well, one target and, um, you know, the, the target of choice being the, the initial COVID lures from, you know, um, layoffs and all that stuff happening to job hirings happening in, in the, you know, in Q3, in Q4. Um, that was a natural evolution of that as well. And I think, you know, the good news is that that initial wave started subsiding also because there was a lot of education in the industry. This just wasn't one country or one vertical. And so to me, the this all the alliance work that we do on cybercrime, uh, you know, in between, um, you know, Interpol as an example with Watch Your Cyber, Hand, Watch Your Cyber Hands uh, campaign to Cyber Threat Alliance, because it was all hands on deck, there was a very positive impact there. Um, and, and there was really... You know, from attackers, usually we see a lot more flavors of attack uh, in terms of, you know, uh, new malware families and variants coming out. That certainly happened, but not to the same level as we've seen in the past, right? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I am pretty proud of being in the cybersecurity community and seeing like this, uh, how everyone just got together. I mean, first of all, even at Fortinet, we made training.fortinet.com available to everyone where everyone could like start getting training. I had my family members and my mom start getting training, um, just security awareness training. And we saw that around the industry. We saw people like on Twitter on uh, from the cybersecurity industry uh, get together with training, with uh, social efforts. So everyone was passing information. And I think we got a lot better at sharing threat intelligence, as you said, with the Cyber cyber Threat Alliance, with other alliances as well. Uh, organizations were sharing threat information. So that, that was great. We got a good handle of what was happening. And I think that is why we weren't surprised. We were, we were able to 
our, our systems work the way we wanted them to work and the way we were expecting them to work. And, uh, and that was good. And in some ways, like I said, there wasn't that variety, as you said, in 2019. 2019 may have been the year of PII leak, as we've discussed before. There was a lot of just uh, leakage of information, a lot of databases we heard about being uh, leaked or stolen, as well as all the other stuff happening as well. Uh, we kind of saw a shift in 2020 on not only COVID, but then stimulus to uh, welfare, to medicines and vaccines, to the U.S.-based elections. Uh, all these subjects were kind of more contained in some ways, but uh, but a lot more widespread just from a volume based. Yeah, yeah. Education was definitely, I, I would say, a key win in 2020. I mean, the, the most successful it's been in, in my 20 years of, of cybersecurity experience, I would say. And, and for those reasons, like you said, it's it's it, it was an end to end coverage, right? So all the way to consumers, I, I think because people were, were connected, people are listening. People are actually, um, you know, understanding that there uh, that there is a threat, obviously, in the physical world, but also in the in the cybercrime world too, especially with obviously the work from home environment. That was a big shift that we talked about. Email based threats, uh, phishing being the priority to web based threats. There's been a huge ramp up. We're just talking about our latest playbook, which um, you know talks about web based threats, right? JavaScript Rad as an example. There's been, um, but again, it wasn't the the big headlines of the years prior, like Stuxnet or WannaCry, um, because those were specific and relatively short lived compared to uh, what was a longer drawn out campaign for COVID as an example in the work from home environment, right? Yeah, absolutely. It was it was kind of continuous, right? It started becoming a statistic to people, and I and I think people understood. Uh, you know, when they're working from home, they have slowdowns. They have like family members at home going to school, remote learning, video games, whatever may be the case. They understood. They kind of have to share that network. Um, I think also may, maybe it's just me, but I, I think you know people understood that when you don't have that person-to-person -person contact. You can't uh, take things for granted, so you're paying a little more attention, trying to be more interactive, taking advantage of uh, the remote uh, kind of video conferencing and remote uh, opportunities, but also making sure you're fully engaged as well. So we got a lot of stuff done this year from a cybersecurity research perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of silver linings and a lot of good wins, I would say. As you know, we talked about the education, but there's also been great advancements in terms of the collaborative spirit, uh, like you said, and not only just between private to private sector vendors, but public private sector relationships. And you mentioned families, right? Even that education coming down to the consumers uh, and users' families. So I, I think that that was a great win. But obviously, our work is not um, done. There's still a lot of relevant threats. There were all industries were hit here. Uh, there were still new ransomware campaigns uh, that happened. Um, TrickBot was a big thing in 2020. There's obviously uh, the takedown, a coordinated takedown attempt by, uh, led by Microsoft, which was great. Uh, and uh, there's new new ransomware still. Uh, you know, you talked about PII, personal information and data being the ransom currency uh, of the past. And I still think of the future, and we'll talk about that in a second. But also, um, you know, uh, ransom has moved to this new model of ransom, denial of service, essentially, ransom of services, ransomware targeting public sector. We've seen this recently with um, eGregor, as an example, which also has some new tricks up, up, up their sleeves, like using uh, printers to print out the ransom note, which was quite interesting, too. Yeah, so, uh, you know, you know, one of the things you're mentioning is um, ransomware attacks, uh, you know, expanding in other industries besides IT, OT, operational technology, another mm -hmm. good example of that, uh, where, where ransomware and other cyber attacks are now affecting 
us in the real world, kinetic type attacks, you know, attacks on printers, uh, not only like using your printer, using your resources, uh, drying your ink, right? Um, we're seeing, uh, you know, ransomware being, uh, being out there, denial service attacks, asking for ransom. So uh, in order for you to just use your system or your, your internet, a lot of companies, a lot of people don't have a choice. It's not like you can go into the office, work from home, go to, you know, go to your local coffee shop. A lot of places have restrictions. So you're limited on your on-ramps on the internet and attackers know this. So they're like, hey, what can I do to slow you down or motivate you to pay even more? And uh, they took advantage of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, so, so let's let's talk a little bit about the 2021. So it's going to be a big year. Uh, every year is a big year. <laughs> every year is a big year for cybersecurity. Uh, but uh, it seems to be getting more intense uh, every year. And I think in 2021, you know, we're going to be seeing all of the above. And that's been sort of the lesson of the past that we've learned, right? We have um, all this stuff, even threats that are, you know, we, we put this in our threat landscape report as an example, the second half threat landscape report. We saw a record amount of vulnerability, new vulnerabilities that have been discovered, but not attacked yet, yet being the operative word. A lot of them are fr the, the ones being attacked in the wild are two years old, right? Two to three years old. So that just makes me think, wow, you know, if they're using still still most of the volume we're seeing is from two-year-old um, CVEs and attacks. And there's two years of new vulnerabilities that are not even being favored or leveraged yet. Again, like we say, it's not a matter of if, but when. Yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't an attacker want to use a new vulnerability when the old vulnerability works just fine? They don't want to burn their attacks, so they're going to save that until the old vulnerability doesn't work. Um, I think attackers in 2021 are going to definitely look at where they can make the most impact for their attacks. Mm. And what does that mean, right? Because, uh, you know, the, at first they can make a lot of impact through uh, the home users, everyone's shifting from home. Um, what, what does this mean in 2021? And I think it does mean uh, more OT operational technology attacks. I think it means much yeah. more cloud attacks. I think it means much more attacks on, on uh, mobile networks or uh, uh, just, uh, you know, uh, um, satellite networks or whatever may be the case. We're all going mobile. We're all trying to stay connected while we're mobile and we're trying to get that speed. And attackers are going to take advantage of that new, uh, I don't want to say borderless because that term has been around for a while, but this new, uh, uh, you know, world that's out there. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know that that's true. And, and that's something that we called out in the um, threat predictions as well. I think that is going to um, really give rise to this new breed of threat which is uh, the edge access Trojan. So everything you're talking about is that expansion of the edge essentially being omnipresent, right? And uh, Trojans are going to follow with that, right? That, that, that attack surface. Absolutely. I think, I think especially considering like what we just talked about, there wasn't a huge, not, not to the years prior, a, a massive uh, innovation increase by, in 2020 by attackers. So I think that is on the horizon i think that's inevitable that that's going to happen in 2021 unfortunately that's going to include everything we talked about from you know swarm uh the the edge access trojans the weaponization of um you know automation artificial intelligence and machine learning and um you know we always talk about <laughs> the, the what's being you know what's coming ahead but you know there's also a good focus and application to machine learning and ai as an example we talked in a previous episode about um you know uh, playbooks right and we're talking about uh you know how you know ai and ml as an example can be used to actually enhance playbooks right i mean the more that we apply 
machine learning to models on threat intelligence, the more we're going to expose the cyber criminals, the more we're going to be able to integrate those into, uh, you know, AI driven security operations. And I think there's a lot of good innovation. I guess what I'm trying to say is a lot of good innovations on, on the cusp for 2021 as well. Yeah, you know, one of the things that AI and ML is helping us is the speed of automation. And that's really, really important when fighting cyber attacks. So it used to be that AI and ML were like tools that we could use for research, tools that we could use for reverse malware engineering. It kind of gave us a better idea of how to pull apart things. And now we're getting to the point where AI and ML is really helping us defend networks and organizations. Now we can start actually going into policies and our security devices through APIs and for other things and making those smart decisions on what to block, when to block it without sacrificing performance, changing the rules, changing, uh, you know, the, the software defined world whenever it needs to. And that's, that's going to be something really interesting to see and something cool to see. I'm sure we're going to have growing pains uh, as the world in general is going to have growing pains on uh, figuring out how to get those algorithms hundred percent correct. But once it's there, I think we have a, a lot better fighting chance than we did in the past. Yeah, and like we always say, we, we need those tools. And there's just with everything we talked about and what's coming ahead, we have to be prepared for that. That's where obviously we, we need to rely more on just apart, extending what we had in our security operations center at FortiGuard Labs as an example to to give these tools to uh, to customers, to, to, to end users to be able to use. And AIML is a great example. Virtual assistants, like we've, or sorry, virtual analysts, like we've put into, um, uh, it's not just an assistant, but an analyst, right? Te- technical capabilities put into 48 AI as an example too. And uh, the list goes on. Yeah, absolutely. But the scary part a little bit is if it starts working on the defensive side, you know attackers are going to see how they can manipulate that and make it work on the offensive yeah. side. You, you know, we it may be, uh, you, you know, it may be like one of those sci-fi books. Uh, you just have like two AI engines fighting each other and figuring out what the outcome is without yeah, like... That's, uh, that's, that's called the flash war. <laughs> because by the time you blink, it's already over. Exactly, exactly. So that'll, be, that'll, be a, that'll be a brave new world, as we say. Yeah. But, but the good news is, again, I think we have a lot of advantage on, on the uh, cybersecurity, on, on, on the, the industry, right? Because we have a, a more people working together. The collaborative impact has been a huge success, I'd said, in 2020. I, I think so. We're going to continue to see more of that. I think that we do have an advantage. It's, more, it's been more R&D, more investment put into AI and ML as an example, too. So... So I would say we're we're in, we're in a good position, um, but a lot more work to, to be done. And uh, I look forward uh, to continuing that journey with you, Mark. Thanks so much for your insights. Really appreciate it. We're out of time. This is Derek Granke with Forty Guard Live signing off.